Welcome to the Forging Life Podcast. Forging Life is about all of us being molded every single day. We're heated up to the core, we're beaten, shaped, and on the other side stands the work of art that we've become. My name is Trey Ryder. I'm your host and daily success coach. On this podcast, we will talk about our journey in life and make it better one day at a time. We will also discuss and even have interviews about life, mindset, hardships, parenting, and so much more. So instead of me talking about it, let's get to it. All right, hello and welcome to the Forging Life podcast. My name is Trey Ryder, and today I have a special guest with me. His name is Richard Kaufman, and Richard Kaufman is known as the Comeback Coach. And today we're going to learn a little bit about his story, who he helps, and hopefully you guys can grab a pen and paper to take down some notes as he shares some of his uh, brighter sides as well as weaker sides in life. So welcome to the podcast, Richard. Thank you for having me on. Hey guys, how's everybody doing today? So as uh, yourself, I understand that you're a veteran of the, the military. Yes, sir. And you have your own podcast. You're a husband. Uh, and your podcast is success. Your why powers your how. What exactly is that podcast? Um, well, it started out because I've been in the health, health and fitness industry for 32 years. It just started out um, reviewing supplements and stuff like that. But then um, I got, I had an injury and I had to leave that field. So then I started, uh, I pivoted and I started interviewing veterans and entrepreneurs and finding out what their struggles were and how they got through them and how they're succeeding now. Because if you don't figure out your why, you'll never figure out your how or else you're just going to spin your wheels. I love that. And it's so important. And a lot of people in life will go through and not really understand their why and don't push to learn about their why or how, and generally just walking around without a purpose in life. Yeah. So was, from my understanding, there's a a little bit of a backstory to you um, to get you to where you are today. Can you help explain a little bit of that for us? Um, well, everybody says my story is incredible. I don't think it's incredible at all. And if you ask my wife, I'm just Richard. I'm just nothing special. Um, I, I'm going to give you a quick down and dirty. Uh, came from a father left at three months old. Mother was addicted. Um, had my first drink of alcohol by 12. Was a full-blown alcoholic by the age of 13. Joined the military at 17, became a drug addict and an alcoholic in the military, got thrown out for being a drug addict and an alcoholic. Um, then I <clears throat> got in some trouble with the law and they gave me an opportunity. If I went to 90 meetings in 90 days, I wouldn't be looking at five years in jail. So I went to 90 meetings in 90 days, haven't had a drink since 1989, um, got back in the military. Um, I still was a head case. I still was a problem child. 
um, at the end of September of 2001, I was d due to be thrown out of the military for a second time. But now um, where I'm sitting right now, um, I'm act I can actually overlook the Twin Towers where they stood. And that, cause that's where I'm from, that I'm born and raised. And on that morning, um, I would watch the towers fell and we knew people that were in there and something broken me, what it is, it was God, whatever it was. Um, I became a broken man. Um, I prayed to God. I said, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to call and talk to my first sergeant and, and company commander, ask for a fifth and sixth chance. Um, they've heard all my BS before, but for some reason they seen a difference in me. And instead of them throwing me out of the military, they actually kept me. And I finished, ended up doing 24 years total time, uh, National Guard and uh, regular army, became soldier of the year, became a non-commissioned officer. Um, then I got hurt on duty and they medically discharged me. And I got into a very, very deep, dark depression. And, and I started to get help for that. And that's when everything, my life started to turn around. But it wasn't until the morning of September of 11, 2001, that my life actually really changed. That's just a quick down and dirty, but. You know, you, you speak of some of the struggles or some of the challenges that you've had in your life. And since we just had Veterans Day, first and foremost, I wanna thank you from the bottom of my heart um, as a service member myself, uh, there's, certain times when we're in the military, we don't really see what we have. We don't feel as thankful as we are until we look back after we get out. So uh, first and foremost, thank you so much for your service and what you've done uh, for my family and uh, the country as well. Uh, some of the similarities that we do have is my mom was also an alcoholic. So I, I did get in trouble with the law and it was almost a go to war, go to jail kind of scenario. And that's what propelled me into the military as well. Um, I want to congratulate you because from that pivotal, pivotal moment that you had in September 11, 2001, had that not happened, how do you feel that your life would have played out? Um, I wouldn't be here. I would be dead. Um, even though I wasn't drinking or drugging, I was just living an out of control lifestyle where everything was about me. And I didn't care who I hurt. I didn't care who I took advantage of. Um, but that day when I prayed to the Lord, I said, Lord, if you give me a second chance um, in my military career, I want to dedicate the rest of my life to helping people that can't help themselves because I was watching people jumping from the towers and um, like I said we knew people that were working there and here I am you know living in Myrtle Beach enjoying my life you know and um, not even caring that I'm in the military and then there's these soldiers at the Pentagon dying for their country and that's when my whole mindset changed and started to live for others instead of living for myself at that from that moment on. So while you were in the, the service, and I know one of the podcast episodes I spoke about is I did start realizing it wasn't just about me being in the military. It became about the people around us. 
Mm. Would you say that during a lot of your service, it was more focused kind of internally and just on you? Oh, like everything from the, from the moment I was born until uh, I'd say 12 o'clock noon on September 11, 2001, it was all about me. Um, and everything I did, everything I thought was about me, even in the military, it was who I can get over on, who I can take advantage of. But, you know, after the 12 o'clock noon that day is when it's everything decided to, so I decided to change my mindset. Uh, with, with even in the military, I had to redo everything in the military because I got busted from E4 to E1 for like the fifth time. So I was basically having to start over again for like the fifth time, but actually really starting over this time and not just talking about it. Would you consider the thought that it was some of the people around you that thought negatively towards you and therefore you never stepped up? Or do you still feel that it was a lot of internal dialogue within yourself that you were not showing up to be the best person you could? Uh, well, when I grew up, um, I was always the black sheep. I was always the wild child. I was always the one that'd say, well, you're never gonna amount to anything. Um, you're gonna be just like your father. He's gonna be a loser. So that's the kind of inner dialogue that I had up until you know that whatever whatever happened that moment i know what happened but you know i know that god touched me at that moment uh, so powerful and when you had that breakthrough moment with a lot of um looking forward and understanding it wasn't necessarily about you it was about all those people that uh you were witnessing and the devastation that was going on around you was that the breakthrough moment? It, you say it is, but was it more because of everything that was happening of those people that you then let go of yourself and a brighter future because of others? Well, I just think it was because what happened was I'm sitting here watching the TV here and right next to it, I have all my military gear that I'm going to have to turn in because I'm being thrown out of the military. And it all kind of just and then I seen them pulling bodies out of the Pentagon. And I realized, wait a minute, you know, they gave their lives to protecting this country. And here I am taking advantage and not taking, you know, I'm, I'm not fulfilling the purpose being in the military should be, the soldier I should be. And that's how it all became, you know, became real. And then when I talked to my, my command, they seen something different in me that day. And they said they seen it because I, you know, when you're an addict or an alcoholic, you can BS anybody. You can, you know, you're the biggest liar. And they heard all my crap before. So I've been busted so many times before. But I guess they just seen something real in me because I actually broke down and cried in front of my command. And uh, it was, and from that moment on is when uh, they, they, they said, I don't, we don't know how you're going to be treated when you get come back because I, I've already pissed off everybody. Um, I've already missed, you know, I've already had a field grade Article 15 for missing a move out. And, you know, me being a Yankee from up north with an attitude problem, living in South Carolina and in, in, in with the country boys, I was not liked already. So, right, you know, so after a couple of years, all, you know, I was at the bottom. Here's the bottom of the barrel. I was underneath the barrel and I had to bring my fight my way back up from that moment on. 
And that's definitely, from my perspective, a fight well worth doing. Is that what you would say as well? Um, for now, I mean, from what what I see now, yeah, it was a it was a great thing to do, but it seemed um, insurmountable at that time to you know now all of a sudden I'm going to go to summer camp with all these guys that I've just pissed off. And they've all heard my crap before and they're all expecting me to screw up. So um, I had to change their thoughts of me and it took me years to change, to change their thoughts. So fast forwarding to transferring out of the military, you, you start the process that uh, you said was 24 years. So it was a, a retirement, correct? No, what ha- I, my goal was to do 30. Um, but what happened was it was my first movement, move, move out in the state of New Jersey. Um, you know how we're in, we're in Humvees, you know, we wear our Kevlars and then as soon as the, the Humvee stops, we put our soft cap on and walk around. Um, one of our vehicles broke down. So I went to recover the vehicle. For some reason I kept my Kevlar on, which I probably never did in my military career. And it was a young private driving his first AT and I had to pull him off the highway. And instead of him hitting the brakes, he hit the gas and he ran over the whole right side of my body and ran over my head. Um, so I, uh, I became blind. I had a, um, a, a stroke and I became blind. And uh, the military eventually said, you know, you can't shoot. So we don't need you. So they medically discharged me. So not only when they medically discharged me that day, I remember the day, what, ha- what happened that day. Um, but here I am blind. And now I don't have the career that I fought so hard to come back and get again. And that's when I got into that really, really deep, dark depression where I almost ate my gun. And that's definitely a, a pivotal a pivotal moment in anybody's life when there's something that critical that happens. And a small part of me understands I was medically discharged as well. I was retired. Um, and I felt a, a deep loss because everything I knew is now being taken away from me. And how did you overcome that? Did it you said it's kind of spiraled you in a, a deep, dark time frame. What exactly occurred? How did that become a dark time? And how did you get out of it? Well, what happened was, um, because when I got the opportunity to stay in the military, um, I vowed to become the best soldier that I could ever be. So I'm the guy that would take correspondence courses. I volunteer for every single thing. And then when I became a non-commissioned officer, I actually lived the NCO creed. And I still do today, you know, and um, I wanted to be the best NCO that I can be. And I wanted to, you know, be the best leader that I can be. Um, and then when what happened was they told me, you know, you were um, being discharged. Um, as of today, you were no longer be a United States, uh, United States uh, soldier. And uh, they took my ID from me. And I, and I was just, I knew it was coming, but I didn't expect to see how I was going to feel. So um, I called my wife, told her what happened. And uh, 
we were going down to shore. We, we were going to meet up, and I was going to spend a weekend with them at uh, down the shore at the beach. So I'm driving in my truck, and uh, I decided um, I'm going to uh, I'm going to kill myself. I'm going to uh, you know the pylons on the side of the highways that have the overpasses. I decided I'm going to do 100 miles an hour and just drive the truck into the overpass. So I hit about 100 miles an hour. Uh, the radio was on, and all of a sudden, this song called uh, by Clint Black. It's called uh, and uh, I decided not to commit suicide that day. And I went home. I um, mean, I went to meet the family and the kids, and uh, I told my wife, "I said, you know, I'm not feeling, you know, I'm not feeling right. I'm gonna." I feel like I just want to go home and blow my brains out. So she talked to me and uh, the next couple of weeks I was in a deep depression. And then I decided to call the VA and, and actually uh, get in touch with the psychiatrist and set up an appointment. And I set up an appointment and I come home. My wife's like, so how'd it go? I'm like, you're not gonna believe what happened. She's like, what? I said, I went to go see the psychiatrist. She's like, okay. She, and uh, she says, and I said, well, the doctor's name is Dr. Seuss, but not spelled the same way. And she's like, yeah, that kind of figures. And I've been going to see the psychiatrist, uh, same psychiatrist, uh, probably for almost the last 10 years. And that's when I started digging myself out of that and getting help and uh, talking to other veterans and talked to Gary V, got to hang out with him a little bit. Um, so, and that's when this whole comeback coach started. And and it's just been blissful ever since. You know, I'm so thankful that you're here to be able to share your message. And so where were we at? Yeah, so the, you know, I'm so thankful that you're here to share your story because many of us, when I say us, whether, you know, it's males that are out there we have this thought process that we have to be bigger, better, more masculine. We are supposed to be the answer to the problems and be the fixer of things. And it really plays a big toll on all of our mental aspects and how we process things. Mm -hmm. And when it comes down to us and our general health, it really weighs on us. We feel that you know, life is not how it needs to be. And the darker images start popping through our heads. Yeah. And I, I'm saying this because whoever may be out there listening to this right now could be having those moments where there's those dark pictures. It, it doesn't have to be because of the fact that you're in the military or not. It's you have the weight of the world on your shoulders and you don't know how to deal with it. Yeah. And the very first step is to reaching out to somebody and saying that we need help. I agree hundred percent. So when you ended up reaching out and getting help for me, one of the big things that changed my life was the fact that I did start doing personal development. So for you, you, you reached out and you got that help. Where did you end up coming into today? How did you become a coach? Uh, is it just the fact um, 
you knew there was something bigger, better. Uh, people came to you and just constantly talking. How did that happen? Well, uh, throughout this whole time, even in the military, um, I always had a job at the local GNC or at the local vitamin shop or the local gym. I was always in the health and fitness industry. And over the 30 years, um, I've helped clients from the WWE, NFL, Major League Baseball, uh, all these kinds of professional athletes. So I helped coach them a little bit under supplementations. And I was on a podcast with a friend of mine. His name is Donnie, Donnie Boyvin. He has a podcast called Success Champions. And he invited me on and I started telling him my current story, you know, what I was, what I was doing with the, with the store. So I was running a million dollar a year store at the time. And um, I started telling him my backstory and he's just like, and I kept trying to keep talking about today, but he wanted to get deep into the backstory. And he said, you know, that's what people need to hear. People need to hear your backstory, you know, that people, because everybody loves a comeback story. You know, that's the reason why we watch Rocky movies is because it's the comeback story. And he's like, you're the ultimate comeback guy. So that's how it all started. And then a couple of people started saying, hey, you know, there's the comeback guy, you know, the comeback coach. And then when I met Gary V, we started talking and, and, you know, he's like, yeah, you should just, you know, become the comeback coach and, and, and put your niche to, you know, either veterans and, or entrepreneurs. And that's how it all started with that. And, you know, now I'm, I'm just trying to help as many people as I can every day. So what would you say is your why that moves you every day? Um, well, of course, you know, my family um, is the number one thing. Um, but when I met Gary V, you know, he told me, I said, you know, Gary, give me something. I, you know, I drove all the way here. Leave me with something. And he said, your legacy will always be more valuable than your currency. And that kind of really just hit home. And that's why I wrote the book and everything like that, just because, you know, we're only here for a short time but I want to make a mark in this world. And, you know, if I can save one life, it's kind of like throwing a pebble into the pond and it just ripples and we'll never know where it goes, but we know that we changed somebody's life. So if I could change one life, then, then my life has been worth living. Absolutely. And what's this book that you speak of? So everybody can uh, go and check it's, this out as well. It's on uh, Amazon Kindle. It's called a hero's journey from darkness to light. And I was so blessed when I wrote it. Um, I got in touch. I mean, you're still young. You're a young man, so you might not remember. But back in the 80s, there was a movie Superman. And the original uh, Superman was Christopher Reeve. And uh, when he died, um, I actually picked up his book and read some of his stuff. And when I was writing my book, I actually got in touch with his wife. And I asked if he can, if I can use the opening quote of my book for, um, use his quote. And she actually allowed us to, to use the quote. So I've been very blessed. And even though book is only 99 cents, um, all the money, 100% of it goes to, goes to help veterans struggling with PTSD. And the reason why I asked people to pick it up, because the last two chapters are on what suicide actually really looks like and not what you think it looks like and what um, addiction actually looks like. 
And those are the last two chapters of the book. So it's actually a teaching book also. Oh, that's definitely sounds so powerful. I look forward to actually picking it up myself. And I appreciate you sharing that out to the rest of us. Uh, going forward, what are a few main uh, choices that you had that had the biggest impact in making your life better? Um, marrying my wife was the number was the greatest thing because uh, we actually dated uh, before I joined the military. So she knew me when I was at my drunken worst. And uh, she were married now and have three beautiful children. Um, so that was probably the greatest the greatest thing that I did to up level my life. And then the second is now I don't have any formal education. I dropped out in the ninth grade, um, but I've read almost up to almost 5,000 books because I'm a, I'm a reading addict. Um, so I think, you know, getting into personal development, you know, reading about how different people got through their problems has really helped me a lot. And to this day, you know, I don't watch science fiction, but if there's a biography on, I'll watch it. So I think more of, you know, learning about different people and how they um, transformed their life is still an addiction to me. That's great. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I definitely agree. 100%. My wife has been the biggest supporter um, one of the best decisions I could have ever done as well. So I, one of the last things I would like to ask you, I got like two more questions. And for this podcast, Forging Life is about taking small steps every single day. It, you know, when you look into a forge, a forge is taking a piece of metal and heating it up to the core and pulling it out, shaping it, you beat the crap out of it. And on the other side stands this piece of art, whatever it may be. Is there a couple nuggets of wisdom that you can share uh, that somebody could take away and start implementing right away? Um, well, what helped me out was because when you reach a certain age, you really don't care what people think about you. Um, and you become self-aware. And once you become self-aware, um, everything changes in your life. Now, I'm not a big Grant Cardone guy, but I picked up his book, 10X. And the one thing I got out of his book was, from now on, the second, like say a person's watching this, and if you're watching this, you can never not hear this. So from this moment on, whatever happens in your life, it's your fault. Whether it's good or it's bad, everything becomes your fault. So this way you're not blaming anybody for the things that are going wrong in your life or the things that are going right in your life. You start controlling your life and your mindset. And once you realize that everything is your fault, either good or bad, is when you become free. I love it. That's a pivotal book in my life as well. That was actually one of the first ones I started uh, when I deep dove into personal development and quickly made me realize I got to stop playing the victim yeah. in life. So uh, the one last question I do want to ask you before we jump off of here today is I see you always have a hat on in all the podcast uh, interviews that you do. Yeah. Why is that? Um, now, when I first started getting into the space, 
of development and um, talking to veterans. And I really started uh, getting into, you know, people that um, I started looking up to. And Christopher Kyle, everybody knows him, um, American sniper, uh, was killed by a, a soldier um, that was suffering with post-traumatic stress disorder. And I wanted to find a way to honor him. So I actually called his wife and I said, you know, I said, I want to do something and I, you know, I want to honor Chris and, um, and whatever I do, you know, whether it's a podcast, whether it's when I go speak live at events, I'm going to wear a hat in honor of Chris Kyle. And I'm going to mention him on every show that I do just to honor him because sometimes we forget over time and we forget. And he actually gave his life trying to help a soldier with post-traumatic stress disorder. And I can so relate to that. So that's why I wear a hat. And if a show doesn't allow me to have the hat on, I do not even go on a show. I, I decline. And I've declined about five um, people that asked me to be on and told me I can't. So, you know, it's just an honor of Chris. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, it, I really do appreciate it because everything that you have talked about uh, during this whole entire interview is about the service and others. Um, and the big gist of it was every time we were doing things or you were doing things just for yourself, it seemed like it was always in a lower mindset. Mm -hmm. And when you reached out and started doing things for others, that's where your life really took form and moved forward. So first and foremost, you know, like I said a couple of times now, thank you so much for what you have done. And is there a couple of places that those listeners that are out there can reach out to you? Or is there anything that you would like to uh, direct them towards? Um, if, everybody, if anybody wants to get in touch with me, I'm not a big self-promoter. Um, so I'd rather interview people than be interviewed. Um, they can if they just go into tool in their toolbar and put in hashtag the comeback coach it'll come up on all my social media the book everything that i do comes up when if you just use that hashtag and um the only thing i'd say i would have to say if i'm going to leave you guys with anything um i just can't like i said my t-shirt just came out and the t-shirt says um because if anybody don't know this that the three most important words in the English language are today I decided. And my t-shirt says, today I decided not to become a statistic. So if anybody just remembers that, that anything in life is like you said, you know, you can either be a victor or a victim, that's up to you. And also that, you know, today you, you can make the decision whether you wanna get help or not get help. Outstanding. I appreciate everything that you have shared with us today, Richard. And I look forward to many interactions uh, moving from this point forward. And uh, that should be it for today. I thank you once again, and we will talk to you all on the next episode. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast for our latest episodes. You can join the discussion and even ask questions by going to our Facebook page 
at Trey Ryder Coaching or go to our website, forginglife.org. Make sure you don't forget to rate our episode and leave a review. We will catch you guys on the next episode.